So yeah, God, we're just so thankful to be gathered here today in your name and, and just truly for one reason, God. Um, maybe we're bringing a lot of different things in the door, God, but when we seek your face and when your face shines on us and when we experience your peace and your love and your gentleness, all that just seems to fall off, God. So right now we fix our eyes on you and we thank you go, uh, so much for the worship um, that we're going to give you tonight, God, the message that you prepared in Eric's heart, God. Yeah, we love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, just come and flood this place. And I thank you that you know each of us so intimately. You know the deepest desires of our heart. And you know um, the joys that we're having and the frustrations that we're having. And thank you that you're such a loving God. So we love you tonight as a family that's unified. We love you. We thank you for being here. In Jesus' name.
Thank you for that promise. That your love will never run out on us. And it won't fail us. That it's pure and it's real. That it's whole. And God, I just thank you for Eric. I thank you for the word that you've put in his heart to share tonight. And I just pray you would use him in a beautiful way. Thank you that you're here, God, and that you're moving. We love you and we worship you tonight. In your beautiful name. Amen. All right, you guys can take a seat. Thanks for worshiping with us. Amen. Can we give it up for the worship band? Let's go. Well, what's up, everyone? You guys have a good Thanksgiving? Wow, that, that was weak. Did you guys have a bad Thanksgiving? <laughs> Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, I am Ryan. Oh, snap. Someone, many special people are here, but someone just surprised me. I mean, I love sometimes looking out in the crowd. You don't know who's going to be there, and you see someone's face, and it just lights your day up, right? Well, it is good to see you guys. Um, my name's Ryan. I'm the college pastor here. If you don't know me, I would love to get to know you and say hi. Um, we are going through a sermon series, and we're almost, been, we're almost done. This is the eighth week of it. Uh, called Culture Carriers. We're looking at the different fruit of the Spirit found in the book of Galatians, and it's just been an awesome sermon series. And again, as I prayed and kind of asked God who should be speaking these messages, I feel like he really highlighted people that walk in these characteristics and these fruit, and, or their fruits. Um, and this guy, we call him Papa Diaz. No, not Papa Dells and not Papa John's. But Papa Diaz, <laughs> he does like pizza, though, I think. Um, but, man, he has such a father's heart, and uh, he is speaking on something that he truly walks out and lives out. You know, I, I pray a lot, Lord, let me be someone who walks the walk before I talk the talk, so that when I talk it, it's backed up by how I walk it. Amen. And uh, this is a guy that definitely leads by example in that area. And he's such a man with a compassionate and gentle and loving heart, but yet a fierce heart for the Lord and a, and, and a fierce heart of wanting other people to know the truth and the love of the Lord that has radically changed his life. So get your notepads out, get your iPhones out, whatever you do to take notes, because I believe there's going to be a lot of uh, just nuggets of wisdom and uh, yeah, I'm just, we're just going to pray for revelation, transformation, and impartation. So will you welcome up the one and only Papa Eric Diaz. Hello, hello, hello. You're, you're on now, bro. Can you guys hear me? Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, thanks, Paul. One sec. Talk to me later, whoever did that. <laughs> oh, okay, I started off wrong already. <laughs> Unless it's the will of the Lord, okay. All right, so what's up, guys? How are you guys? 
Hope you guys uh, did have a good Thanksgiving. Um, if, I look, if I look a bit chunky, it's because I ate a lot of food last week. Uh, my mom just like force fed me, you know, when you have a Latina mom, she just feeds you like every day. Um, so that's why I'm wearing this big sweater, so it, it, it covers it. Um, but for those of you who don't know me, my name is uh, Eric, Eric Diaz. Like Ryan said, Papa, Papa Diaz, nationwide too. Um, and uh, I know I don't look like a dad exactly, you know, with this young face, I know. So someone there, I, I know who you are. Someone there told me I look like I was 21 at Nations Night. <laughs> it's okay, there's grace, there's grace. Um, I'm also, <laughs> I'm 24. Um, I'm also uh, a grad student here, mechanical engineering, you know, nerds in the house. Woo -woo. Um, I'm also a coach here. Um, I, uh, one of the things I do is I love to help lead the Bible study. Um, uh, yeah, just a plug. It's Monday nights at 7 o'clock at Paula's place. You can talk to us more details after live. It's the best small group, hands down. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I'm preaching, I can't lie, okay, so I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, kind of. Um, I also uh, lead worship here uh, with, my, with my worship fam over here, um, and yeah, so this is a bit out of my comfort zone, um, I don't get to speak a lot back there, but I uh, am just so honored and so privileged to be here speaking on gentleness. Um, now before I pray, I want to say something. I know what you're probably thinking. Aw, gentleness. It's like the soft one, the one that makes you feel all warm inside, the cute and cuddly one. This is going to be such a cute message. Well, to balance that out, I decided to make this message super intimidating. All right, no, I can't. I can't. That's not me. This is why I'm preaching on gentleness. All right. Okay, okay, but what I do want to do, guys, is help us explore um, what, in my opinion, is one of the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit that is not talked about enough. I wonder if you guys have, I, I don't know, for me, I don't think anyone has ever asked me how my gentleness is, you know, like, how's your gentleness doing? It's always the, the big ones, like, how's your love doing, you know, how's your peace, how's your self-control, how are you doing with patience? Um, so I don't know about you guys, but uh, yeah, that's just something that hasn't really come up a lot, but uh, um, what I do hope to do is just really explore that with you guys. Um, so yeah, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you that you're in this place already. God, we thank you that your love is wild like we were just singing, God, that that you are like nothing else, that there is no one like you, Father. So Holy Spirit, I just pray that you come in this place, you fill the atmosphere with your presence. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just come in here and do what you love doing the most, helping us see Jesus is beautiful, helping us experience the love of the Father, God. God, thank you that you are the center of attention tonight. You are who we come here for. You are who we come here. We take 
uh, all our time out of our Wednesday to come here, Father, to worship you, to praise you, to give your glory and honor and dominion to you, God, because you are worthy of it all. God, I pray if there's anyone here that feels tired, if they, if they feel like, like uh, anxious uh, from school or whatever's going on at home from Thanksgiving, I just pray that you touch them at their heart and let them know that you care for them are, and are in charge of what is happening in their life, God. And I pray that if there's anyone here that's feeling like they are not a gentle person, that they struggle with anger, I pray that you show them that if it's a fruit of the Spirit, it is not a personality trait, it's, it's, it's the reality of who they are in Christ, Lord, and I just pray that you keep uh, shepherding them in that, God. And uh, I just pray, Lord, that for all of us, that you would open our hearts, open our eyes, that you would make us sensitive, God, to what you have to say, Lord. I pray, Lord, that, uh, that for me, that I may speak your word in clarity uh, and faithfulness, God, and, I, and uh, that I may just be so, so extremely sensitive to your Holy Spirit, to what you want to say, God. God, I lay down all other agendas that are not yours. God, speak to me and then through me. Father God, let everything I say, everything I think in my heart be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name. God's people said? All right. Um, so let's start with this. Um, how many of you guys, show of hands, have ever said the phrase, be gentle? Oh, okay. All righty. More than I thought. Um, <laughs> so, I want you to think about why you said that. Think about what were you trying to make happen or what were you trying to prevent from happening? Um, this might come off as a surprise, but I actually was not always a super gentle person. I was actually pretty vicious when I was a baby. I know, that's hard to believe. Yes, Evian, yes. <laughs> Uh, that's super hard to believe, but when I was a baby, I just loved to destroy things. Like, any way I could, I would get super creative. Um, so I brought proof, and this proof is, oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do it so quick. All right, so this is proof of when, when I was caught in the act of being ungentle. All right, so, I, I know, I know. Two things, I want to... <laughs> I want to address two elephants in the room. Yes, I was curvy, okay? <laughs> but we have to embrace those, okay? Amen? Um, and yes, I promise that's me. I know my skin color changed for some reason, and uh, I look kind of Asian. I look like I could be Paul Kang's little brother or something, but... <laughs> I'm just... We're brothers, we're brothers. He knew I was going to say that. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> All right, but so, so the reason I picked this picture, okay, let me explain. So when I was a little kid, I used to love going into cabinets in my house and, and take out the cassettes. And uh, most kids, they would just, you know, take them out and take the tape out. But I went a step further. I would grab them, and I would just, like, chuck them at the wall. And I would just love to see a break. And, like, even more when I would hit something. You know, I don't know. It just filled my tiny little heart with such joy to see, like, destruction. <laughs> Um, and then my parents would pick it up and put it back in the cabinet, and I would get so mad. I would yell, and it was, it was bad. Um, <laughs> so what I'm trying to say <laughs> is uh, people usually say be gentle 
whenever there is power involved. So, so you, don't, you don't say to a butterfly, be gentle. It's not going to do anything to you. Right? You don't, you know, if I was, if I was ever going to uh, wrestle Adam Davis, you know, I don't have to say, be gentle, Adam. You know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's my brother, too. He's my brother, too. I love the guy so much. He could actually probably beat me up. He did, like, over a year of MMA training. Where is he? Oh, there he is. Love you. Um, <laughs> so, so actually, gentleness has nothing to do with weakness. Gentleness is stewarding your power. All right, so three things I want to talk about today. So if you're a note taker, this is pretty, pretty up your alley. Um, now that we define that, I kind of wanted to go a bit deeper, you know, because a lot of people define things nowadays. I wanted to go and say, what does gentleness do? If gentleness was a person, what would their hobbies be? What would they like to do? What would be their mantle they carry? You know, the thing they wake up and say, you know, this is what I'm going to do today. So in action, what does gentleness do? Um, so what that is, is gentleness protects, gentleness uh, restores, and gentleness surrenders. All right, so we're going to start off with a lot of scripture. I hope that's cool with you guys. I'm sure it is. Um, but it's all going to be up there. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Um, so let's start with the first one, gentleness protects. Uh, we're going to be diving into James chapter 3, so just to give a bit of context. Uh, the reason I picked this chapter was because James talks about the power of the tongue. And uh, we're all adults here. Um, yeah, we are adult, all adults here. Um, and... When, when you are an adult, usually your gentleness is with your words, right? Because when you're a kid, you can fight. But, so this is why I thought it would be kind of uh, appropriate. So, um, yeah, just to give some context, James is talking about the power of the tongue. So let's look at James chapter 3, verse 4 through 5. Uh, and it says this. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Have you guys ever heard of that phrase, like, you know, like those rappers that say they spit fire? <laughs> uh, this is kind of lame, but I was reading this yesterday, this is what I think about when I, when I read the word sometimes. I'm always wondering, like, what if the person that made that phrase was Christian and he took it out of James chapter 3, verse 5? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. But um, notice, notice something. Notice power and stewarding in this passage. Uh, stewarding, where the will of the pilot directs. You know, the pilot can go this way or he, he can go this way. He's stewarding his actions. Where's the power? Obviously, the tongue, it's, it boasts of great things. It can set a forest ablaze on fire. So what, I'm, what am I saying? Uh, words matter. Um, I'll unpack that a little bit more, but let's look at Proverbs 15.4. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. So now we see what gentleness is doing. Now we see what James is saying. James wasn't trying to be, like, antagonistic, like, like everything you say is going to destroy everything, you know? He was saying you have a choice. 
that you, you, your words, you have a choice. You can either uh, use your words for life or you can use it for destruction. Um, it's like a stovetop. You can make some pretty good pancakes on a stovetop, but if you don't you know, do it right, you can give yourself a third-degree burn. So uh, what does gentleness protect people from? Sometimes it protects people, many times, from ourselves, from our own words, you know? Um, let's look at Proverbs 16, 24. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. So when we choose gentleness, like the, kind of, like the verse was saying before, so the spirit does not break. When we choose gentleness, the soul and the body remain healthy. Your focus is on protecting the other person. It's completely selfless, completely outer focus at trying to protect whoever you're talking to. All right, so what, what else does gentleness protect? All right, let's look at uh, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. So the Apostle Paul is saying, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a, matter, in a manner worthy of your calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with, with patience, bearing with one another in love, uh, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit, maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So what does, uh, what does gentleness protect here? Unity. And what's the opposite of unity? Yeah, division, conflict. That was good. Yeah, so conflict, it's what people... People love talking about conflict, right? No, not really. Um, so what, what can this look like in our day-to-day -day lives? Uh, just this quick story. I remember about a year ago, I was playing, uh, I was playing football with, with some friends. Um, and long story short, there was some, some sloppy play, I think. I can't remember exactly what happened. There was like a sloppy play. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think there was like a disagreement. And then like things escalated. And then, uh, yeah, I got to a point where someone said some mean things to another person, and they were both my friends, and, you know, some things were said that were kind of harsh. Um, and I remember thinking about this and wondering, like, oh my gosh, like, I'm not mad, but I was a bit, like, discouraged, like, what's going on? Um, and I knew that I wanted to talk to the person, because I don't like seeing whenever this happens. Um, <clears throat> Um, and, but here's the funny part. I remember, I, so I kind of had a feeling I was going to talk to the person. I remember thinking to myself, okay, how should I be gentle in this situation? And I remember like, like pondering what I was going to say and how I was going to say it. And uh, uh, we were walking back after the game, and I'm like, okay, here I go. And then uh, a minute after I start talking, my friend, he just cuts me off, and he's like, something along the lines of like, you know, you're actually making me feel worse. Dang, you guys thought I was going to talk about me being gentle. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, like my heart sank, like in that moment, I'm like, oh my God, like what the heck happened? 
Um, and I want to clarify something first. There, I, I believe there's a time and place where you're speaking life into a person and, and you're speaking it out of love and you're building up a person and they, they're still um, upset about it. If you're doing it out of love, like, that's on them. You know, that's, you pray for them that the Lord will, will show them and soften their heart. But in this case, I knew that and the Lord was showing me um, because I actually wasn't speaking life. I was just pointing out things that were wrong, you know, like this happened and this happened and this happened. Um, you know, so I was pointing out the, the junk, but I wasn't pointing out the identity. Um, and uh, I was thinking about this story because I was thinking about a story to say, and I was overcome with such joy because when, when I thought to back to that moment, I saw gentleness in my friend. And I saw the word come to life in my friend. And I was reading over Ephesians 1 through 6. And I was like literally picking out verses. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that was him. Like the word was coming alive. Uh, for example, with patience bearing with one another. He listened to me for like a minute. Like just saying all that stuff. In, in humility. But verse 3, something else that came alive in him was eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. He didn't just kind of like take it. He, he was eager to speak out and, and, and uh, stop me in my tracks for my own good and just start speaking life into me. So he was eager. You know, and, and um, there was something in me that was kind of tempted to, um, honestly, there was something in me that tempted to be like, whoa, 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 hold on. Why are you flipping this on me? Like, you're the one who messed up first. <laughs> but you know what's cool about God is that even though there's, there's disorder going around. The spirit of gentleness is always active. So actually in that moment, my spirit of gentleness totally kicked away that, that, uh, that thought. And, and my, my heart like literally became teachable in that moment. And, and I literally, like, I felt like my whole body just become gentle and the Holy Spirit say like, just listen, you're going to learn. And then and this all happened within, like, I don't know, like 10 minutes. And, and then, like, gentleness just fixed everything. So what the enemy was trying to make for bad, the spirit of gentleness protected it so quick in a matter of minutes. So there, that's kind of like an example of gentleness, kind of like on both sides. Um, <clears throat> one more passage. Uh, just one more, I promise. Um, I wanted to look at an example in Jesus' life, <clears throat> uh, Matthew 21, and uh, just to give, you don't, don't show it yet, but uh, just to give some context, this was uh, the Passover, and I don't know if you guys know what the Passover is, but it was like this huge celebration <clears throat> uh, in Jerusalem, Jerusalem was lit, There's people from all over the place, it was like, it was like Coachella, it was like the Jewish Coachella. <laughs> Everyone was in at Jerusalem, packing the place. And, uh, but then there's these people that are in the temple, and they're trying to make a quick buck, because they're like, oh, all these people are here like from all out of town. So they go in the temple, and they start selling stuff. And a lot of people are taking advantage of these, because like, it's like low prices. And Jesus enters a temple, right? And let's see what happens. And Jesus entered the temple... And drove out all who sold and bought in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. 
and the blind and the lame came to him on, uh, in the temple, and he healed them. What the heck? <laughs> Savage Jesus. <laughs> wow. Guys, that's crazy. You know what's crazy? In the book of John, John, John's another guy that wrote it from a different perspective. In the book of John, it says that Jesus actually got some rope on the ground and he made a whip. Did you know that? Jesus made a whip and he started driving people out. Man. Question. How many of you guys think Jesus was being gentle? It's okay, it's okay if you're not sure. I, I wasn't for, for a while. But what if I told you that he was gentle? <laughs> amen. <laughs> I don't know who that was, but amen. <laughs> what if I told you he was gentle? Because we all know Jesus was perfect. And he always walked in the spirit. So if, he was, if there was ever a place he was not gentle, then he wouldn't be perfect. So he has to be gentle in this place. And, and the fruit of the spirit, uh, it's a whole package, right? Everything we've been going through these, this whole series, they're attributes of this package that we all get at one time. So it's not possible for him to go around like one day, like Monday I'm going to do like, you know, I'm going to, exercise love, and then Tuesday I'm going to do peace, and, and then the next day I'm going to do joy. Like, all the time, 24-7, Jesus was walking in the complete fruit of the Spirit. So, so what, where, where and how and, and why is the gentleness in this situation? So we were talking about, like, gentleness protects. So let's start there. What was... Jesus, was, was he trying to protect anything? Look at what he was focusing on. The Father and people. When he walked in there, he wasn't actually thinking about himself. He was thinking about the Father. You've made my Father's house a den of robbers. Trying to protect that. And people, at the end, what does it say? The blind and the lame came to him and he healed them. So the focus is completely external, not self-seeking, Totally for people and for something else higher than him that he loves and he wants to protect that. You know, and the Bible talks about God having wrath. God's love opposes anything that, that opposes his love and opposes anything that's abusive. God opposes things that are abusive. And what people were doing there were they were abusing his house because they were, like it says, they were making a house of prayer they were trying to make it a, a den of robbers, people trying to rob money. So does this mean you can go into your classroom and tell your teacher, flip over his desk and say, I don't, I don't want to do the homework because I don't want to? <laughs> I couldn't think of a better reason. Because <laughs> I like doing homework. <laughs> um, no, because there's some aspect of self-seeking in there. And gentleness is totally, totally selfless. Um, and I love, at the end, what Jesus was doing. When, when, when the lame and the blind came to him, he healed them. So not only is he protecting these people, he's actually 
restoring them, taking them from what they were, sick, and restoring them and healing them and taking them to something new, which is health. Which brings me to my next uh, topic, gentleness restores. Um, so I think when I was super little, this started becoming a reality in my life. Uh, when I was really little, uh, I grew up in a family where um, there was a lot of fighting. Um, and yeah, honestly, I don't remember a time in my childhood where they would go like a day or two without fighting, you know. And it got too bad to the point where I actually got desensitized to it um, to the point where if my parents ever didn't fight, it felt weird. And to the point where, like, if there was a point where, like, on the off chance they acted affectionately, I was like, what the heck is that? Um, and it was just constantly, constantly fighting. And, and I don't know, maybe the providence of God or something, but uh, from a young age, I just, like, had this instinct to, like, go in and, and like, speak softly for some reason. Um, and I noticed that whenever I would do that, you know, whether it was in the kitchen or whatever, whenever I'd do that, the atmosphere would change. You know, instead of going in and, like, screaming and kicking and yelling and, why are you doing this? The atmosphere, they would actually, like, start stumbling on their words and, like, why are you guys fighting? You guys are good people. And they'd say, like, well, we're fighting because, well, and they would die down. But whenever I would go in and I would start adding to the yelling and adding to the commotion, it would just erupt. But it was in those places where I went in calmly and compassionately and started asking questions and also speaking out the truth and identity of how I saw them is when the atmosphere would change and, like, restoration would come. Um, you know, I think it's Proverbs 15.1. It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. And a harsh word stirs up anger. You know, and I was experiencing that as a little kid, like, you know, and um, there's, another, there's another verse, Galatians 6.1. It says, I'm going to paraphrase, it says, uh, if anyone's caught in any transgression or if anyone is, is caught doing something bad or out of line, you who are spiritual, restore them in a spirit of gentleness, lest you too be tempted. I was tempted sometimes to want to go in and, and like kick and yell as a little kid, but it was when I restrained that, when I like, took a step back and said, no, I'm not going to be tempted. I'm going to seek the good of the situation. I'm going to look at the value of these people. I'm going to look at like, how God made them and then start saying that stuff. And then since those are the words of the Holy Spirit, that's going to change stuff, right? So later in life, um, as I was looking back, I saw that it was actually, I was actually choosing. I was choosing to speak gracious words and not hate. I was, I was choosing to, to speak life and not destruction. You know, and God started showing me that in my choosing, I was actually surrendering something. I was choosing to surrender my ability to scream, to yell, to accuse, because it was in my power to do that stuff. And instead, I was choosing to speak softly. I was choosing to steward my power by surrendering and laying so much of it aside. So I was surrendering and laying so much of my power aside. 
And in doing that, my gentleness was surrendering. So this idea that gentleness surrenders, um, the reason I believe this, that gentleness surrenders, is that the first time I saw pure surrender and gentleness was the first time I saw it in Jesus when he first became real to me. And the reason I saw it in Jesus first was because it comes from him. There's no other way to see pure gentleness unless we look at Jesus. Do you know why? Because the fruit of the Spirit comes from Jesus. Do you know why? Because the fruit of the Spirit is what the name says. It's this fruit of the Spirit of God, and if it's fruit of the Spirit of God, then these are attributes of God, and if these are attributes of God, this is how God is. In Colossians, it says, uh, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So if we want to see this fruit in his purest form being uh, acted out, we have to look at Jesus. So, you know, probably like a lot of you, I grew up in church, right? But there's three reasons why I went to church. My mom made me. And whenever that wasn't the reason, it was because I had friends there and also my youth group. I thought there were cute girls in there. I cannot be the only guy in this room that has had that reason. <laughs> Who else? No, no one? Oh, okay. I was about to say, man, there's godly men in this room that's never, wow. Dang, okay. <laughs> so growing up, you know, I always heard the gospel. You know, my church preached and preaches the gospel, the true gospel, you know, but as a kid, I don't know, for whatever reason, I was distracted, um, and I would just keep hearing the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Um, I grew up in a Spanish church, so it would be Cristo, 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 Jesucristo, Cristo. Um, but it never, like, really, like, clicked, you know, like, it, it never seemed powerful because they would always teach it to me, like, Jesus died for your sins, and the next one, they'd be, Jesus died for you. And I'd be confused, like, well, which one is it? And, and did he like it? Like, <laughs> as a kid, that, those were my questions. And I was, I was one of those kids growing up where, like, the fourth reason that I would go to church was to ask hard questions. <laughs> I would be that kid, like, that six-year-old be like, well, if God knew this was going to happen, then why did he allow this to happen? I was that kid. Um, and... So I was growing up, and I didn't really, well, I thought I knew, and I thought it was boring. Um, and it wasn't until I was 16 years old I went on this mission trip, and my youth pastor said, okay, guys, we're on this mission trip. We all know Jesus. Um, let's talk about the gospel. Let's sit in his presence and talk about the gospel. And I was there thinking, like, okay, I already know this, like the back of my hand. Jesus died for my sins. But you know what he said? And this is like a phrase that the Holy Spirit, I feel like if I could look at my heart, it's tattooed on there. The great exchange. And he started explaining this thing, like he started saying things that I'd never really heard of before. You know, he started saying that Jesus came to, to exchange something. And I'm like, what the heck? What? What do you mean? Jesus came 
And what he did was he took everything that we had done in our lives. He took everything that, that we had done and, and, and everything, all the bad things we had done, all, all the sin and shame that we were living in, all the addictions that we were in, everything, all of that, he took it on his own self. But he didn't leave us empty-handed. He said, here, your hands are open now. Let me give you something. Let's start with my spirit. And now, let me give you cleanliness and holiness and righteousness and the fact that you're a child of God and the fact that you can boldly come into the throne and pray to the Father and the fact that, that, that you can just ask and you shall receive and all these things. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is better than the Sunday school gospel. And, but the more I thought about it, you know, the more I was like, there's something crazy about this because growing up, I was always like, okay, the resurrection kind of makes sense. An all-powerful God makes sense. You can, he can raise from the, the, from the grave, but why would an all-powerful God ever go to the grave in the first place? You know, he, he took on everything on himself. It says, Isaiah 53, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. You know, he took everything on himself. But the, the great thing is that he gave us everything. And how does this tie back? You know, he, he totally just surrendered so many things. It cost him everything. His power, his throne, his life. You know, and, and I, as I was preparing for this, I saw that he was constantly, and not just at the cross, he was constantly surrendering in gentleness, setting aside so much of his power and letting go of things he deserved. You know, I don't know if you know this song that we sang, Worthy of It All. It says, day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Incense arise to our king. Uh, incense to please him because he's worthy and holy and worthy of it all. But, you know, I'm talking about like he was constantly surrendering throughout his whole life, not just at the cross. And God was showing me this a couple weeks ago. Um, this God that is worthy of it all, all incense, everything to please him, chose to be born in a manger where the only incense in the air was probably the smell of animals. And animals stink. Have you thought of that? That when Lazarus died, Jesus, the one who wipes away tears, shed physical tears himself at the death of his friend. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, the one who's the source of all tranquility, cried out in agony, praying to the Father. You know, in the book of Luke, it talks about how when he was praying in agony, uh, it says his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground, and, and I don't know if this is true. Some people say it is, some people say it's not, but there's actually a condition, medical condition, where you're under so much stress and so much anxiety that your skin actually sweats blood because your capillary veins burst. Now, I'm not sure if that's true or not because the Bible says it was as if blood fell, but the agony that Christ must have felt When he was in custody, Jesus, the only one worthy to be worshipped and crowned Savior, 
allowed himself to be spit at and his head be pierced by a crown of thorns. When he stood before Herod, Jesus, the one who spoke the heavens and the earth into existence, didn't say a word while he let himself be mocked and questioned. When he was nailed on the cross, Jesus, the righteous one, God of holy wrath, the almighty judge, was relentlessly interceding for the people that were killing him because he said that they didn't know what they were doing. So, Father, please forgive them. When he hung on the cross, Jesus at his death, the one who first breathed life into man, gave up his breath for the sake of man. This is why the world thinks that Jesus isn't God because they say he was crucified uh, as a weakling. You know, the Bible says he was crucified in weakness, but it doesn't say he was weak. The Bible says uh, he became a curse for us, but it doesn't say that he was completely weak. This is why people and culture distort the image of gentleness so much, because they say that Jesus on the cross is evidence that your God is weak. But he's not weak. He's God because God is God of love. God is love. And it was love that was, that was empowering him and, and making him go after that because he wanted you, because he saw that you were worth it, because he wanted to protect and restore you. You know, so God is not just a God of, of love. He's a powerful God. And he's also, you know, he's a powerful God because we know what happened three days later. The grave couldn't hold him down. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus' eyes opened and came back to life. And by his power, death, was, death ran away in defeat. By his power, our sin and shame were destroyed. By his power, we were made dead to sin and alive to God. By his power, chains of hopelessness were broken. By his power, spiritual and physical healing broke through. By his power, we were brought and reconciled back to the Father. By his power, we were adopted as sons and daughters of the living God. By his power, we were made righteous, holy, and blameless in his sight. By his power, we were given an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. By his power, we were forgiven and given new life in Christ. By his power, it was freaking finished, guys. You see the power and gentleness now. If you are in Christ, this is the gentle, powerful spirit that lives in you. If you are not in Christ, this is the gentle and powerful spirit that is crazy about you and wants you to look back and see him and know him and love him because he already knows and loves you every bit and every inch of you. You know, and you might ask, is this powerful gentleness active today? And what does it look like in our, in our time and day nowadays? You know, let's talk about culture. This series is called Culture Carriers, right? The Civil Rights Movement. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who in, in my personal opinion was a Christian, led a movement in gentleness that over a decade changed the course of American history forever. In my opinion, my humble opinion, I think that was the most powerful move of the Holy Spirit in U.S. history in like the past hundred years. Like I believe the Holy Spirit was behind that movement. Women's rights movements across the globe. The anti-apartheid movement in South Africa. The end it movement and all the other movements that are anti-sex slavery. 
all these movements are rooted in gentleness. You know, and I'm not sure how many of those movements are Christian or not, but if they're not Christian and they're changing the atmosphere, how much more should spirit-filled, spirit-gentle-filled people do? You know, it's not always large movements, guys. It starts here, too, at our schools and at our jobs and the way we use our power and gentleness every day. Every day here, even on U of I, Parkland, you know, wherever you go to school. But how do I do this? Maybe it's Maybe it's just saying yes to the Lord for the first time tonight. Maybe, you know, we talk about gentleness surrendering. Maybe there's something you need to surrender. Ask the Lord, what do I need to surrender right now? Is it a desire to control people? Not self-control, that's good. That's what Ryan will talk about next week. But maybe you have to surrender a desire to control people. Like, oh, I wish they would just understand me. I wish they would just agree with me and surrender that to God because God is the one who changes hearts of men. Maybe it's pride. Maybe, maybe uh, you're someone that just loves to be right and the thought of humbling yourself is a bit awkward. But you know what's interesting? More than once in the New Testament when the Apostle Paul talks about gentleness, he always puts humility first humility and gentleness. Look back in Ephesians 4. It's right there. Maybe it's fear. Maybe you have to uh, surrender fear. Fear of conflict, you know, because you just, you're, you don't think you're that, the type of person to have the right words to say. <clears throat> Ask the Lord to help you. There's so much grace. Because the same authority that was in Jesus when he when he uh, cleaned the temple is the same authority that lives in you if you know him. And most importantly, ask God to help you see the people the way he sees them. To, to see them as valuable because uh, I think that's the whole key, right? When you're gentle with something like a baby, you're gentle with it because it's precious. Because you don't want it to break. It, you don't want he or she to break. That's why you're gentle. So ask the Lord to show you the worth of a human being because we all have worth, guys. Worth, our created value was never lost after Adam and Eve uh, disobeyed. So what does this look like? You know, if, if you're on like a sports team, you know, let's say you're, you're, you're like a, a captain or a teammate and someone is coming late, um, ask the Lord to show, them their show, show you their value and say, hey, Johnny, I noticed you've been coming, you've been coming late. I just want to talk to you about that because I know that you love this game just like I do and I know you're an amazing player and if you could join us, that would make our team so much stronger. Calling out the gold, calling them out, call, calling them higher to their destiny and identity. So once God has helped you surrender and you've seen them for who they are, you'll be just 
so able and excited to protect and restore the person and the unity. You know, and then once they see that, I bet you that they're going to ask you, how are you like this? How are you so able to, to exercise, uh, you know, gentleness when people are hating you? How are you so able to um, see people's value even when they don't see your value? You know, and you'll, you'll be able to say, oh, this is the gentleness of the Lord in me. The one that surrendered to protect me and to restore me just like he did for you. And that way we can show people the gentleness that lives inside us. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Father God, we thank you so much for who you are, for the way that you just lavish your love upon us, God. God, we thank you that you are our Savior, that you uh, know every hair on our heads, that you are so willing to come search us and come chase after us. I thank you, Lord, that you, God Almighty of the universe and heavens that created everything, looked at me and looked at all my brothers and sisters here and said, they are so worth me coming down and living like them and dying for them so that I could save them with my power. Thank you, Father, for your sacrificial love displayed on the cross. You are amazing, Father. Abba, Father, we're able to call you that now. Abba, Father. So take these offerings now, Father, as we sing to you, as we worship to you, your holy name, righteous and set apart, Jesus Christ, creator of heavens and earth, purity, purity and grace. All glory to you, God. We love you.
You're not in this room. I wanna look around. 
He's here right now. And you know, when we're in his presence, we're more than enough. He supplies us with everything we need. His love, his gentleness, his mercy, his grace, it's abundant. And I feel like tonight there's some people that have been walking with God, have been walking with Jesus, but have felt him far away have felt him distant and just big. And I feel like tonight God is saying, I was right there. I'm so close. I'm a friend and a father. Yeah, and I just feel like tonight is a night of growing closer, growing in intimacy, crying out before the Lord for the things that you feel like you're lacking, for him to have the scales fall off your eyes and for you to see that he's given you everything you need. And, you know, ministry time is just really a time where we get to be with him, where we get to pray with our brothers and sisters and stand in faith knowing that he's providing everything we need. And if you guys don't have a relationship with God, I just feel like tonight he's just smiling down on you and saying, like, you're beautiful, you're my child, and I want to do this life with you. I want to walk in relationship with you. It's not complicated, it's simple. And we don't have to figure it out, it's just a yes, it's just a first step. Just saying, God, life with you is so much better than life on my own. And I wanna do it with you and I wanna say yes, and I don't know how, but I'm asking you to show me the way. So we'd love to pray with you. There'll be leaders on the side of the room if you guys want anything 
Um, if something resonated with you in the message, gentleness, just closer relationship with God, the truth and the revelation of the gospel that Eric shared, we'd love to pray with you guys. I'm just going to pray over you now, and then we're going to go back into a time of worship. If at this time you guys need to head out, that's totally fine. There'll be some leaders in the back um, with snacks, and they'd love to chat and meet you guys. But if you want to stay, we'd love to take this, this next time to just continue to press in because that's what it's about, just worshiping him. So God, I thank you for your presence. God, I thank you that when we stand here in your presence that you make us perfect, God, and that there's nothing that we don't have because you give us everything. You give us grace. You give us mercy. You give us gentleness love, peace, patience, joy, self-control, everything God is in you. And when we open up our hearts to receive you and your presence, you hold our lives in your hands, God. We love you and we thank you for a relationship, for how you father us, for how you guide us, God. We're so grateful and we just give this time to you. Come and move our hearts. Pour out on us afresh, God. Fill us up with everything we need and then some, God. We love you and it's in your name that we pray. Amen.
Father, I thank you, God, that you are so worthy to be praised. And I thank you, God, that yet you are so fierce and strong and mighty. But yet you are so gentle and calm. 
and patient and peaceful and loving. And that you continue to meet us wherever we're at in this world, in this life, with compassion and gentleness and love. And you walk with us every step of the way. And when we feel like we can't walk, you carry us. And when we fall down, you're always there, bending down with gentleness and tenderness and compassion and love, looking us in the eye and saying, I'm here to help you back up. God, I thank you. As we go into this Christmas season, you would remind us that you're the real reason for this season. And that no matter where we're at in our faith walk with you or what we're going through in our life, that you are worthy to be praised. I just pray, God, if there's anyone here that doesn't know your gentleness, God, that right now they will feel your gentle, compassionate, tender love. That even though if they had a harsh and strict dad, they don't have a harsh and strict father. Thank you that you walk with us through every stage and every season of this life. We love you, God, but we thank you most of all for loving us, for dying for us on that cross so that we could know you like we know a friend. I pray that reality and truth would soak deeper into our hearts and our minds tonight. In Jesus' precious, loving, heavenly name we pray. this uh, picture in my room and uh, it's a uh, it says nothing is so strong as gentleness and nothing is as gentle as real strength and you know real strength doesn't need to prove itself because it knows what it has it knows who the power the source that it comes from and I just pray right now that you would know that you have real strength real identity and destiny in this life because of the one who lives in you and the one who has called you. And I just feel like there's some people that really need to know that he's walking with you. They might feel alone. You might wonder where you're going, but he's walking with you. He knows you by name. He calls you his daughter, his son, and he's not going to let go of you. So I just pray that truth and reality over you through this holiday season. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, man, can we give it up for Eric Diaz? He did an awesome job. Thank you, worship band, for bringing it. Um, we are so excited to celebrate with you guys the next, next two weeks. If you've never been to an encounter night, it's just a special, special night. Uh, there's, there'll be Jets Pizza, so come hungry. Um, it'll be at our church. If you need a ride, reach out in the group me, in your small groups, email me, uh, meet at the vans, uh, we'll get you there. And then the following week again, we're going to have an epic Christmas party. This will be our fourth one. If you've ever been to a live Christmas party, it's always fun. And we always end with a bang, literally. 
Uh, one year, we even got the cops called on us. True story. But, but then we prayed for the cops. Another true story. And it was awesome. <laughs> so, hey, hope you come out. We got a lot of things going on this weekend. I know finals are crazy. But remember, you have a family that's here with you every step of the way. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. See you next week.